Hey guys. <laughs> As a special spooky season treat, we have decided to put out this mini-sode about the art of pumpkin carving. Thank you, Em. Thank you for the ghost effects. You're welcome. Really saved on buying that CD. I, I am the CD bitch. <laughs> I know. So, pumpkin carving is commonly associated with the legend of the jack-o'-lantern, which are carved around Halloween. Yas. Oh, I'm Anne. Hi. Oh, Laura. And hopefully you know that. If you don't, sorry, this is Art Club. This is a mini-sode about pumpkins. Halloween especial. Yes. So the name of jack-o'-lantern has two origins, both of which come from the British Isles. Of course. So the first is that jack-o'-lantern refers to the phenomenon ignis fatus, which translates to foolish fire. Interesting. Yeah, so in English folklore dating back to the 1660s, this foolish fire was known as the Will o' the Wisp. Oh, the Will o' the Wisp. Yeah. I did see him one night. <laughs> one dark and stormy cloudy night. So a wisp in this case isn't like a wisp of smoke, oh. which I assumed it was. I mean, honestly, I am thinking of Brave. Yeah, right? Yeah. The little wisps mm-hmm. that leave her around. Do they look like smoke? They look like little blue balls of light. Okay. When I looked up wisps, it also mentioned wisp from Animal Crossing. <laughs> it was like, this is believed to be based on the will of the wisp. Absolute power corrupts. Like, Absolutely, Laura. This is a garbage character. <laughs> Yesterday, I was like, can you give me some flooring? And I was like, how about have it be expensive? Because it doesn't fucking matter. Gave me the flooring that comes with the house. What? I was like, what the hell? I have this in every goddamn room. That Why would I want ex- more of it? That shit's expensive? No, because it's always like, oh, I don't know what the cost is. How about this? <sighs> Even when I ask for something new, sometimes it's not new. It's like, oh, I don't know what's new. How about this? I'm like, why do you ask? You're like, I know that you're part of the game. You know what I own. <laughs> yeah, just give me whatever's in your pockets and let's be done with it. Let's Fine. not do this weird game of like, how about, like, what would you like, little girl? <laughs> <laughs> Just give me something, okay? Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so a wisp isn't like a wisp of smoke. Okay. Instead, it is a bundle of sticks or paper that are sometimes used as a torch. Oh, interesting. Yes, I assume like a, there's a thing that's like a bundle of sticks, but it's like... A fag. No, I don't know. That's what fag is. A bundle of sticks? Yep. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. That's like the origin of the word. And then people just decided to make it shitty. Oh, a faggot. Yeah. It's like a but, bundle. It's just a bundle of sticks. Yes, so you can cut this out. I'm not going to cut it out because I want people to know that the word faggot is bullshit and that people just decided to make it shitty because they're shitty. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So Will o' the Wisp was used to describe the strange light that sometimes can be seen flickering over peat bogs. Ooh, spooky. Yes. So this strange light is seen not only in England, but all over the world. But each place uh, goes by a different name. Okay, makes sense. Right. So for example, in the US, we have the spook light in Missouri. Cool. Or Missouri, if you will. Cool. Uh, the Marfa lights in Texas. Mm. And the Paulding light in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Cool. Cool, cool. 
In any case, no matter where this type of light is seen, it is typically associated with ghosts, spirits, fairies, possibly aliens. I'm not saying it's aliens. But uh, it's aliens. It's aliens. And uh, while some of these legends have persisted, science has come up with an explanation for the phenomenon that is really not otherworldly at all. Damn it, science. God damn it, science. <laughs> so science has attributed the lights to bioluminescence or chemiluminescence. Okay. I th- yeah. Uh, bear with me on the pronunciation. So we have phosphine, diphosphane, and methane. Uh, and they're released in the process of organic decay that is common in marshy areas. Ugh. Damn marshes. So phosphine and diphosphane spontaneously light when they make contact with the oxygen in our atmosphere, and it only takes a small spark to light the much more abundant methane that is found in the marshes. I did not know spontaneous combustion was, like, actually a thing. Yeah, I think it's just spontaneous human combustion. That's not a thing. (laughs) What? But I think in general, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wonder what makes the spark, though. They react with oxygen. Oh, okay. I assume it's, like, a heat, you know, a release of heat like it is with many Mm -hmm. other reactions. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. I mean, it happens, so. Yeah. Um, so this creates ephemeral fires, which quickly burn up all of the nearby methane and then are gone. Cool. So if you've ever witnessed one of these phenomenons, you have witnessed spontaneous combustion in action. That'd be pretty dope. It would be pretty dope. Did you know that you can light hand sanitizer on fire? Yeah, it has alcohol in it. It's fun. I did it the other day at work. <laughs> Y'all. Y'all, we have stainless steel. What you gonna do? Yeah. So, but unfortunately, due to the destruction and draining of swamplands around the world, the likelihood that we will be able to see these lights in the future has greatly diminished. That sucks. Yeah, well, environmental problems affect a lot of things you wouldn't think of. I know. I think you can see, like, some of these, though. Like, I mean, still. I think it's currently a thing still, but I would say probably maybe in, like, 10, 20 years, maybe not. Or maybe, like, a lot less frequent. God damn it, humans. I feel like it'll just get more and more infrequent until it's done. Or what if it, like, starts becoming more frequent and people are like, I don't understand. And then they can be like, it's alien. (gasps) What if it gets worse? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ooh, that would be fun. Actually, maybe it wasn't the gas, but aliens. Or fairies. Instead of being small smokes, it's just, like, giant balls of fire. Wisps are not smoke. Instead of being wisps. Combustion. Giant balls, Giant of, balls fire. of fire. Great balls of fire. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, getting back to jack-o'-lanterns. Oh, yes. That is our topic. Yeah. <laughs> so another origin of the name comes from an old Irish folktale from around the mid-1700s about a fellow named Stingy Jack. Stingy Jack. Yep. It's not a great nickname. The kind of name you want. What are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm known as Stingy Jack. <laughs> Believe me, I'll be great. Yeah. So, as with many legends, there are many different versions of the story, but they all kind of end in the same way. Yeah. So, as the story goes, Stingy Jack was a shrewd and lazy blacksmith who used a cross to trap Satan, as you do. As if it's that fucking easy. <sighs> all right. All it right. seems pretty easy. Mm-hmm. In some stories, he tricked Satan into climbing a tree to get an apple, which, like, what the fuck? Satan has to, like, it's, he can't just, like, will it down? Also, it seems conveniently biblical, if you ask me. 
Yeah. Like, but also, like, dude. Did Satan not put the tree in the apple initially? Why the fuck, like. Put the tree in the apple? Put the apple in the tree? Yes, the apple in the tree. But, like, why would he go. I, if I was I Satan. I think he did. I thought God put it there and told them not to eat it. No, Satan. Oh, no, you're right. Satan was a snake. Yeah. Well, either way, wouldn't Satan be like, hey, I've seen this shit before? Well, also, it's just like, I'd be like, you go get it, dude. You're the human. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, fuck you. Like, why would you meet Satan on a path and be like, excuse me, do you have a moment? Can I'm trying you- to get this apple all the way he- up in the tree. And he's like, oh, sure thing. Let yeah. me just help a fellow out. Yeah, can you help me out? And he's like, you got it. I love helping people for no reason at all. Yeah. Yeah, uh, So basically, once Satan was in the tree, uh, he placed a bunch of crosses at the base of the tree, trapping Satan up there. Okay. Which seems like... I'm going to say, I think this is like a faux Satan, perhaps, because I think real Satan would be like, yeah, right, bitch. Bye. It's a folktale, so we just believe that this is what happened. Sure. You believe then. (laughs) So in another (laughs) version, Jack was being chased by villagers he had stolen from and was fleeing. And he met Satan on the road who said it was time for Jack to die. So a lot of things happening at once. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Like, Dame, this is this is a crazy day. You're having a crazy day, dude. Yes. One for the books. So, however, to give himself some more time, Jack told Satan he should turn himself into a coin that he would pay uh, that he would use to pay for the stuff he stole from the villagers with his Satan coin, basically. I would love some Satan currency. That would be so sick. I feel like though he can only be one coin, so let's make it a good one. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so after the coin was given to the villagers, in theory, Satan would turn back into himself and the villagers would fight among themselves about what happened to the coin. And Satan, of course, loved the idea of turning people on each other, on each other. So he agreed. He was like, great, let's sow some unhappiness among the people of the earth. He's like, that's diabolical as fuck, Jack. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. Hell yeah. I like you, man. He's like, I am ready to ruin some people's days. Yep. So he turned into a coin and hopped into Jack's wallet. Mm, idiot. As you do. Unfortunately for Satan, Jack also had a cross in his wallet, which stripped him of his powers and trapped him in his wallet. Okay. I just, I don't feel like crosses have this much power, but all right. They do in this story. Uh, all right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll give in to the fantasy. So Jack lets Satan go eventually, because I guess you have to. What a guy. <laughs> I know. Uh, But only after he agreed never to take his soul. Mm. So eventually Jack died. And since he had been so bad in his life, he couldn't go to heaven. Mm -mm. Uh, Yeah, you think? Yeah. And since Satan agreed not to take his soul, he couldn't go to hell. Ooh, backfired on you. I know. So basically he was like stuck and had nowhere to go. I mean, sucks to suck, bro. What can I say? Yeah. So he asked, I assume Satan. Who else? How he was supposed to see I guess that was like his biggest issue as a soul untethered anywhere. All right. I mean, I get, I get it. I don't like the dark. It's cool. Yeah, but it's like, can't you just sleep? I guess your soul, I guess you got to keep moving in the dark. I don't know. Anyways. Who's to say? And so mockingly, Satan threw him a piece of burning coal to help light his way. What a jest. I know. <laughs> so Jack carved out a turnip, which, side note, were his favorite food. Oh, lovely. So I guess he like can't eat them anymore. So he's like, I'm just going to hold on to them and remember how they taste. And he put his piece of coal in his carved out turnip. Ugh. 
And after that, he ended up wandering the earth with his turnip light and became known as Jack-O-Lantern or Jack of the Lantern. Oh, I love it. Honestly, I feel like a turnip light would be cool, though. <laughs> I know. I I'm would take people. it would probably sell on Etsy. Let's get on it. Yeah. Oh, what is this? It's my turnip light. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just organic. Yeah. It's made by local farmers. So. We were shopping for beds and there's like this. There was this like full organic bed. And mm. I was like, is this real though? Is it really organic? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm like, is this worth like an extra thousand? I don't is know. Is it a thousand dollars more? Probably. God damn. So how did we get from a guy wandering the earth holding a piece of burning coal in a turnip to a fun Halloween tradition? How indeed. Well, glad you asked. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. So people have actually been carving vegetables, specifically gourds, since they have been grown by humans. So for about 10,000 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. Uh, the jack-o'-lantern that we associate with Halloween was started in Ireland and the Scottish Highlands. Scotland. Yes. In both places, turnips or mangle wurzels. Ooh. I hope I'm saying this correctly. I would always like to call them that. Thank you. Were hollowed out to be used as lanterns and carved with a grotesque face. Mm. Naturally. What else are you going to put on a lantern? A I would grotesque put, face. I, yeah. But I agree. I mean, they're far easier to carve. Let's be real. <laughs> yes. You can really do the whole. <laughs> Maybe people were like, guys. We weren't trying to carve grotesque faces. They're just so much easier to do. It reminds me of like back in like college during like critiques when people would be like, oh, that thing, like that's awesome. Did you do that on purpose? And, and I would be like, like, yes, I did. I totally did. And they're like, I'm, oh, I see like the meaning behind I'm it. I'm like, I'm so glad you noticed. I know. Thank I was worried. so much. No one else had caught on. <laughs> but luckily, you luckily, were looking. You saw the thing that yeah. I 100% planned, <laughs> I swear. Yeah. <laughs> so traditionally Gaelic-speaking areas like Scotland and Ireland celebrated Samhain on October 31st, oh. which marked the end of the harvest and was halfway between the autumn equinox or the autumnal equinox. <laughs> Ooh, look at you go, girl. And the winter solstice. Ah, uh, yes. Do you have a fun name for that one? No. What one? Um, so it was used during this time that the boundaries between our world and the spirit world would be more easily crossed. Hell yeah, bitch. So AOC, I, again, I don't know if I'm saying this right. I've looked at some Gaelic words and then I've looked at how people say them and I'm like, these don't add up. Dude, Gaelic doesn't make any fucking sense. So yeah, hopefully these are okay. So if you speak Gaelic, let us know. AOC which are spirits based on ancient pagan gods and nature spirits, as well as the dead, could cross over into our world on the 31st. Oh, hell yeah. I guess, I don't know. I guess being halfway maybe made the something special. and the Some of the planets and the, the stars. The veil was easier to cross. The veil was lifted. It's a thing. Deal with it. Yeah. Um. So... People made jack-o'-lanterns to represent spirits or other supernatural beings, which were welcome and celebrated with offerings and feasts. So kind of fun. Good call. Or to ward off evil spirits. All right. I mean, either way. Yeah. Maybe they did both. I don't know. Por qué no los dos? Right. <laughs> exactly. So over time, the name jack-o'-lantern was given to pumpkins or turnips and gourds. Whatever you have. Yeah. Whatever you're hand. into. Yeah. 
um, that had a face carved into them and were used to protect homes from the undead, especially vampires. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I read this. Don't know how accurate it is, but I thought it was interesting that the light from jack-o'-lanterns is said to be a way of identifying vampires. Huh, like if it falls on them, you can tell? No, I guess it's like if you cast the like the jack-o'-lantern light on them, you're like, oh shit, you're a vampire. Ah, you're like, you don't, the light is not responding. The light shining through this turnip is telling me that you are a vampire, S- sir. Somehow, I know. Yeah. Okay. So right. apparently once the vampire was identified as a vampire, they would give up hunting you. Oh, so I think that should be the first thing you do to any person that comes to your door. You're a vampire. And then they're like, what? And you're like, okay. And if they're really a vampire, they just walk away. I'm just like, it, it was It was that easy the whole time? Yeah. That's all you had to do? Apparently. All of these people in horror movies died for no fucking reason? All they needed was a goddamn gourd. All they needed was to point at them and be like, I know what you are. And they'd have been like, fuck. And left? You know, they're like, what do you think I am? And you're like... A monster? And they're like, ha Wasn't a vampire, sir. <laughs> Wrong answer, yeah. bitch. Close, but not close enough. Close, but no cigar. You're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Who knew? Well, so Irish immigrants are believed to have brought the practice of carving jack-o'-lanterns around Samhain or Halloween to the U.S. And the tradition stuck. With, of course. Of course. Um, but with much of its original purpose being forgotten over time. Clearly. As most things. Exactly. In the U.S. are. Yes. Once capitalism gets a hold of it, you're done. Yeah. Once people in the U.S. decide, like, it doesn't affect their day-to-day life, it's no longer important. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. We're a great country. So today, pumpkin carving is a common Halloween craft. So carving the traditional, quote, grotesque face of the jack-o'-lantern has fallen by the wayside, and instead, people have started to carve more elaborate and recognizable figures or logos into pumpkins. Yes. Yeah, people go all fucking out. One time I made a barfing pumpkin. Oh, I love those ones. Yeah. Those ones are fun. Pretty easy. Just carve some circles. I guess. the insides. Should we carve jack-o'-lanterns this year? Can. Oh my God, we should. And then we can post them. let's do it so spooky i know it's all about the social media gambit (laughs) anyway because we know everyone looks at it Uh, yeah you better (laughs) so the more popular the tradition of pumpkin carving has become the more companies have started making tools and stencils specifically for it i mean like you can you see those packs in the store it's a thing yep so there are special knives and scoops you can buy, and there are stencils of just about anything you might want to see carved into a pumpkin out there. Yeah. You don't even have to think of the pattern yourself. Nope. I just remember when we were little and like dad would carve them, I'd come up with these like intricate things and he'd be like, I can't carve that. <laughs> He's like, I'm so sorry. It's like, what the fuck is with all these like curvy lines? They got to be straight. You're like, no, it's going to be awesome. I'm like, this is going to be a beautiful pumpkin. I have a vision. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so pumpkins have become more popular and are the most common vegetable used to carve jack-o'-lanterns out of. Yep. No I have, more gourds, no more turnips. I have not seen anything else other than pumpkins, to be honest. Yeah. But, sorry. So, what is most amazing about pumpkin carving, though, is the extreme to which some carvers have taken it. 
So today, there are professional pumpkin carvers who use huge pumpkins, chainsaws, and chisels to create 3D and elaborately carved faces and scenes. Yeah. Like crazy ass shit. Yeah. It's like, whoa, dude. Like, whoa. Whoa. You did that out of one pumpkin? I know. Holy shit. Yeah. Like really all you have to do is just watch any show on the Food Network around Halloween and you can see the amount of detail and skill that goes into the work of a professional pumpkin carver. Seriously, they have like those Halloween competition shows where they're like a little mm-hmm. group. Yeah, and they carve. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm like, how did you like what? I know with a chainsaw. I'm like, how? Right. Like I couldn't imagine making any sort of like art or detail out of a chainsaw. I know but it's hard enough for me to carve it with a simple knife. It, yes, it's hard enough for me to draw it with a goddamn pencil. I know. Like, how do you do it with a chainsaw, bro? <sighs> the fuck. How do you know it's thick enough? Like, yeah, right. Like, I feel like if I did it, they would just collapse. Like, I would just not think about it, and they would just like, Pff. or I'd, like carve it and be like, oh, well, here's the center. So, <laughs> like, oh shit, I guess I'm out of material. Half your face Yikes. is gone. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, props to them. So the work is beautiful and becomes almost more so when you think about the fact that these pieces of art will slowly rot away. Yeah. Ephemeral. Just ephemeral. like the ephemeral fires. Beautiful. Ugh. And those peat bogs were in marshy places, I guess. It's just full circle, baby. I know. <laughs> what the hell? What's the hell? So since this is an art podcast, we want to briefly mention the pumpkin carving company in New York City called Maniac. Ooh. Or Manic. Called it's Manic. Called Manic. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you for joining in my pump, my uh, ghost sounds. Ooh. You guys don't need to even buy a spooky sounds Halloween mix. <laughs> you just loop the, these 15 seconds. Ooh. <laughs> Is that a jack o' lantern? <laughs> my God. <laughs> Okay, so. What a beautiful art. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it play more that these these ghosts appreciate art. I'm trying to be on brand, okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I okay. once stoned a beautiful painting that now rests in a museum. Art is everywhere. <laughs> Let's go visit it. That's hard too, did you know? <laughs> okay. Manic. Sorry. Manic Manic is the company that was started by artists Mark Evans and Chris Soria, who both attended Parsons School of Design. Like, no big fucking deal. No, nothing to sneeze at. They're like, oh, we just went to Parsons. Like, whatever. Like, oh, what oh okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> But so they had a love for Halloween um, ever since growing up together on Long Island and in college were able to turn that love into a business by carving pumpkins for restaurants, bars, and parties. Dope. Which is like, hell yeah, dude. Find your niche. But I feel like that would be like, it's good that you were in New York because I feel like in Tucson, if you're like, hey guys, I'm going to have like a pumpkin carving service, people would be like, Okay, well, I need it maybe for like one night, and then they'd be like, good. "That's cool." Um, I can't afford that. And they'd be like, "Dude, we're a bar. We don't care about pumpkins." <laughs> <laughs> yup. Anyway, yeah. So, good idea in the right place. So, uh, their big break 
came when Wired featured their pumpkins in an article and soon everyone wanted to work with them. So, I mean, yeah, they got featured in Wired. Like, yeah, that's good. Yep. So their first big client was the New York Yankees. No big deal again. I know. As you do. Whatever. (laughs) Um, And soon after that, their company, uh, Manic, was born. While all of the carving is done in only a future, in only a few short, oh my God. (laughs) In only a few short months, the duo and their staff spend the rest of the year working with clients to get designs figured out, which is like hot damn. I am so sorry about the number of typos in this. I had no idea. That it was so bad. It's cool, girl. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) So depending on the design, a pumpkin can take anywhere from two hours to 12 hours to carve and cost between $150 to $800 each. Damn. Damn. But like, I'm sure it's worth it, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) So since pumpkins rot fairly quickly, the company promises to deliver the pumpkins no later than 24 hours after it was carved, which is like... That's hard to do. Fuck. Yeah. Like they must like October must just be like hell. For, they must just like not sleep. I know. I wonder if they like ship them anywhere. I wonder. Or if it's like they're pretty much New York based. I mean, I, I feel like it would be hard to ship. Yeah. But like, oh God, they must just work like but around I feel like the clock. If you're paying $800 for a pumpkin, you can probably afford to like ship that overnight in like a cooled like yeah. plane or something probably fair enough yeah i don't know so anyway uh so to get even more artsy the moma orders a pumpkin every year based off a piece of art in their permanent collection which is so fun i know Ugh. that's so nice look at you go moma they're like we're gonna support local artists yep so this has ranged from picasso's les demoiselles de avignon to dolly's the persistence of memory the one with the melting clock. Ooh, perfect. Dude. To Van Gogh's olive trees. A picture of olive trees. <laughs> I'm just going to describe each of these for you. But like it's by Van Gogh, so picture that. Yeah. <laughs> so they also have carved pumpkins featuring work from Keith Haring, M.C. Escher, Klimt, Gustav Klimt, I'm assuming. Yes, I don't think there's another one. I don't know. Uh, and many more. M.C. Escher. Dude, that, that would, would take be some like work. That would be so fucking hard. I know. Because <laughs> his work is so detailed. And it's like very like precision-y. If oh, you're yeah. going to do one of those ones with perspective, like you have mm-hmm. to get that right. Yeah. Like if it's not right, it looks wrong. Yeah. So, I mean. If it's not right, it's wrong. I know. That was a silly statement. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. If it's not right, it's wrong, folks. So while the pumpkins they spend so much time on won't last very long, Manic sees that as a good thing. So Evans said, quote, we meet so many people who have such a hard time with the idea that when they see us putting all this work into the pumpkins, knowing that they're not going to last long, but we fully embrace it. There's something really beautiful about the fact that it's a temporary thing, end quote. Nice. Deep, dude. Real deep. I mean, it's fair. I think ephemeral art can be really cool. Yeah, I, I've seen some really cool ephemeral art pieces, And I mean, honestly. I in some ways, it's good to not be so like precious i guess about the art you make i agree i saw this one piece where this guy built a sculpture out of like matches Mm. and he just lit it on fire and it was really cool but then it was gone it was done yeah like he videoed himself doing it because as soon as he lit it like well like in our fireworks yeah episode all of those are pretty ephemeral and you know i think ephemeral art is beautiful because like 
Honestly, life is ephemeral, you know? Oh my God, so deep. Oh my God, I'm getting so deep. You are just teaching us a lot of things. I am just so wise. Life is ephemeral. If it's not right, it's wrong. Like, goddamn. I'm here to crack eggs of wisdom, bitch. I know. Philosopher Anne. Welcome. Welcome She'll be teaching a class online soon. University of Phoenix. Look it up. Look it up. (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah. So I don't know. Pumpkin farming has a cool history, I think. It does. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I always like the stories behind things. Oh, my God. Me too. I love like legends and like myths and stuff. And like, I don't know. I know it wasn't like super art based, but like, fuck it. It's fun. I don't know. I think it's art based. It is art based. A company that's basically turned the art of pumpkin carving into like that's a true. business. You're right. Which I would never have really thought of to do. No, me either. <laughs> I just assumed like those really nice carved pumpkins, or just like they had to hope that someone in their staff knew how to carve a pumpkin. <laughs> they were like, "Thank God you're an asset." Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, we're never firing you. I know you're just a janitor, but you can do this. You can have anything you want. Seriously, yeah. just don't leave. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, but it's fun. Yeah. And we love Halloween, so Enjoy. have a happy Halloween. Yes, indeed. Eat Get lots that of candy. Stay safe, y'all. Wear a mask. Wear a mask, please. I want to see how many people dress up as sexy COVID. I'm looking Ooh. forward to it. Ooh. I know. That sounds nice. It's going to be big. It's going to be big. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Ooh. Ooh.